You're listening to Banter with the Boys. Talking all things sports. From betting and brawls, Super Bowl to Stanley Cup Finals. Get laced up. It's time for Banter with the Boys. Yo, 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 welcome back, everybody, to Banner with the Boys, NFL Week 14. Uh, 13 is gone, on to Week 14, but of course, we will be talking about those Week 13 games. I'm your host, Smeltzy, this week, and with me, I have nobody, um, as Tyler is sick. Usually, you're used to him hosting the show, obviously, but uh, unfortunately, actually, his whole household is sick, so we're just uh, wishing him the best and his... And this fam, hopefully they heal up quick. So moving right into the week 13 recaps, we had the Chiefs traveling to Green Bay. Just to start off here with the picks, I I thought the Chiefs would pull it off. Uh, they were favorited by six and a half. And of course, Tyler was a homer and picked his Packers. And Tyler was right. The Packers took the game 27 to 19. And holy cow, what a game did we get from Jordan Love this week. Uh, that was kind of funny, actually. Holy cow. <laughs> Spotted cows from Wisconsin. I love that beer. LOL. But anyway, sorry. Sidetrack a little bit. But uh, Jordan Love, 25 for 36, 267 yards, three TDs, no picks. Great game all around from him. Um, Packer fans, I think you finally also saw a little bit more what you were looking for from A.J. Dillon. 18 carries for 73 yards. Kind of coming up with some key plays. Um in the clutch, I guess, when when you needed him. Christian Watson, what a touchdown grab over, uh, slipping in my mind who it was, but, I mean, we've talked about it on the show here the past couple weeks, how Christian Watson hasn't really shown to be that number one wide receiver, but that catch, kind that was a number one receiver catch, catching it over somebody like that, taking it away from him. Great play all around. So that Green Bay offense kind of just kept it going. What we were... Not me, I guess. I don't really give a shit. But what Tyler is kind of looking for, kind of hoping that that Green Bay offense with how hot they've kind of been lately and kind of figuring it out um, could keep it going. And they absolutely did against Kansas City. Now on the other side of the ball, Patrick Mahomes uh, didn't look as good. 21 for 33, 210 yards, touchdown, and a pick. Um, And that pick was ugly, in my opinion. Now, I can't remember who... The receiver was, I think it was actually a running back coming out of the backfield. I don't know why he's slipping my mind there too, but he kind of over, he overthrew him. But, uh, and Nixon for the Packers, uh, when, as he's picking the ball, he acted more like the receiver, like over the shoulder type of catch. But if you look at the replay, it looks like the intended receiver kind of did, I believe it was number 24. So if I had a quick moment, I would look up who that was, but, uh, I believe, he almost stopped running in the route, and you just you just can't. So Mahomes is planning on you being there. Now, don't get me wrong. I still think Mahomes overthrew him. Still a great play by Nixon to turn around and grab that. Um, yeah, 24 is actually Sky Moore, thanks to Kev sitting right here for me. Thank you, sir. I thought it was Sky Moore, but I was like, no, nah, that's wrong. I thought he was a single digit, but okay. So got to keep running Sky Moore, but who also only had one reception for five yards, and he's just kind of been a big disappointment since he's got to Kansas City. Kind of was... Uh, I don't know, getting rave reviews before he even did anything. So I don't know, whatever. But uh, moving right along, um, 
Rasheed Rice, another great game from him. Travis Kelsey, again, showing why he's the number one tight end in the league, averaging 20 yards a catch. I mean, that's just ridiculous. Four receptions on five targets, but averaging 20 yards a catch. Normal stuff from him. Isaiah Pacheco, big game changer for Kansas City. Now, if he didn't get ejected in the last 50 seconds, which we'll talk about later, do I think that makes a difference in the game? No, but he did have a hell of a game himself. But let's talk about the end of the game here. The end of the game was actually really weird. So the Chiefs have the ball last, um, kind of driving down the field, down eight points, which is what they lost by. I don't know, it was second and, I don't know, six or eight, whatever. And Mahomes is kind of running, you know, running for the first down. And he's kind of stretching the ball, kind of not. But then he looks like he's heading right out of bounds, you know, nothing crazy. And then, boom, gets cracked, absolutely cracked. Um, gosh, I can't remember. Kev, you want to look up who number 34 on Green Bay is for me quick? I, I forget who that is, but, uh, oh, he already pulled it up. Jonathan Owens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Dude, I think that's the guy that's married to Simone Biles, too, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember. I'm, I'm probably pulling that out of my ass. But anyway, just absolutely cracks Mahomes. Mahomes' feet weren't even on the out-of-bounds line. Boom, ref throws a flag. Now, he did. He is married to Simone Biles. Damn, look at me knowing pop culture. Holy shoot. But anyway, where was I? Okay, he gets cracked. Owens cracks Mahomes. Mahomes wasn't quite out of bounds. Ref throws the flag anyway. That's a tough one, right? Um, because it's because what the ref said that bugs me. He said The ref said, quote, and I just watched it again today, so I know this is exactly what the ref said. He said, quote, after the play was over, unnecessary roughness. After the play was over, sir, Mahomes didn't step out of bounds. That play wasn't over. Can you say unnecessary roughness in general on the on the tackle? Maybe. But it was shoulder-to-shoulder shoulder clean hit. Mahomes was obviously, like, checking up, kind of, as he was going out of bounds and just got obliterated. But I think that's kind of a bad call, in my opinion. And I'm no Packer fan, trust me. But uh, whatever. So that's 15 yards right off the bat. The next play, I think right after that, is when Pacheco runs, fumbles because Quay Walker's a beast, um, but then that's overturned because Pacheco was allegedly down, which I think he was looking at it. It does look like he was down, but damn, it's close. It's a bang-bang play, um, and I think that right there is when Pacheco got up and threw a punch at somebody, I, whatever. Um, I think it was Nixon, actually, he threw a punch at, but I could be wrong, and then ended up getting ejected, so I don't know. Kind of some missed stuff by the refs there. And then like a play or two later, Mahomes throws a deep ball to MVS. And somebody's all over MVS's back. That could have been a call for the Chiefs. Like, it's just so crazy to me. Uh, the refs were really trying to control the end of this game. They really were. And then ultimately it led to a Hail Mary, which, you know, shoot. There could have been a call on that, too. I saw Travis Kelsey get pushed right in the back away from the ball. Of course, the guy you want to get away from the ball, so I don't blame anybody. Um, but another possibly missed call. I Again, I don't give a shit who wins this game. Uh, I don't like either team equally, to be honest with you. But um, it was just really weird, man. It, it seemed to me the refs really didn't want Green Bay to win, but then also missed calls on the Chiefs right there at the end, too. So I don't, I don't really know. But all in all... Packers won 27-19. Kind of start thinking about maybe a wild card playoff spot for the Packers, you know? And the Chiefs have another tough game this week, so they got to look to have a nice little bounce back. On to our second game of the slate there for Week 13. Um, 
obviously my Vikes t- typically number two game. They were on bye, so that's cool. Uh, Seahawks traveling to Dallas. Tyler picked the Seahawks to win this game. Dallas was favorited by nine points. Uh, nine's a lot, but I took Dallas anyway. I figured Dallas would blow the Seahawks out of the water with how Geno has been playing lately. And boy, was I wrong. What a game this was. So technically, Tyler takes the L, um, but technically I took the L too. Cowboys only won by six, so I didn't cover. So that sucks. But anyway, talk about Geno for a second. This was the Geno Smith that we saw last year. This Geno Smith showed up to play. 23 for 41, 334, three TDs and a, and a pick. But wow, did he put on a show. His reads were there. His connections with DK Metcalf were ridiculous. DK, by the way, six receptions, 134 yards, three tuds uh, on eight targets. Uh, DK was absolutely ridiculous and all over the field. Um, Charbonnet, I mean, not not his best game. 19 carries, 60 yards, which gives us a 3.2 average. But he did have a tud. Did have a tud in there. Smith Negba. Again, another great game for him. He almost had another deep touchdown, but I believe that was waved off. But not all in all, not a bad game for the Seahawks. Yes, they took the L by six here, but that was the Geno we've been asking for and waiting to see again, and he showed it. He showed he's still capable of that. QBR of 91.2, still not amazing, but, I mean, way better than we've seen the last few weeks from Geno, that's for sure. And again, just his, his plays to DK, I mean... Just go look at it. Just go look at it. Me talking about it's not going to do anything for you. You got to see it yourself. The The ball placement for me, um, for a lot of DKs over the shoulder catches, was just on the money. You know, Noah Fant also, three receptions, 43 yards. He had a huge diving catch, another one to go take a look at. Crazy play. He, he dives for the ball, and as he's catching it, he turns his body, actually, so he knows that ball ain't going to touch the ground and possibly come loose. Just a great play all around. But ultimately, all of that effort was just not enough against this Dallas offense, man. Dak Prescott, also 29 for 41, which is crazy, by the way. Both Geno and Dak both attempted 41 passes in the game. That's kind of wild. But Dak Prescott, 29 for 41, 299 for three tuds himself. Not the worst day, but he did take four sacks. Um, you got to get that ball out of there. You can't you can't continuously take sacks and four is quite a bit to take in one game. So you just you just got to get rid of that ball. You know what I mean? Um, Tony Pollard, not his best day either. 20 carries for 68 yards, only a 3.4 average, but he did have a tud. And I will say this about Tony Pollard. Every time that dude touched the ball this game, it was aggressive. He ran downhill and it kind of reminded me a little bit of old school Adrian Peterson, almost running angry as they would say like he's just like you just think he's an angry man I don't know <laughs> running running people over he just looked angry when he ran really aggressive so yeah those 68 yards may not seem like a lot but he fought for every yard this week I, I really loved seeing that from Tony Pollard seriously and then you have CD Lamb 12 receptions for 116 yards and a tud Jake Ferguson the tight end six receptions 77 yards he came up clutch this dude jake ferguson i i don't think i've heard of him before obviously he's probably done some stuff this year i'm not a dallas fan i despise dallas so far you're learning a lot about me that i despise a lot of teams in the nfl but that's all right um i got my reasons for dallas one of them lives in sioux falls south dakota shout out but yeah ferguson came up clutch dude big third downs coming up with the first down catch i mean 
you, you can't ask for much more. I, man, I'm curious how many years that kid has been in the league. Let me look here. He's 24 years old, 2022 pick, so that would make to this year's 23. <laughs> so this is his second year in the league. Okay, so not not too bad. Out of Wisconsin, of course. Ugh. Badgers. Tyler will wring my neck for that. That's all right. But I do want to talk about the final play of that game. I mean, the Seahawks were driving. They they really were. And then uh, Micah Parsons comes up huge on a fourth and two. Comes in untouched doing Micah Parsons stuff. Hurries the throw. That's pretty much it. Unfortunately, the Seahawks just could not keep up with Dallas. And Dallas again shows that, you know, they're not they're not rolling over. You know, they're nine and three, six and oh at home. I just noticed that. I didn't know Dallas was six and oh at home. Undefeated at Arlington this season. That's dope. I don't I don't think they were last year. I think they had some issues at home if I remember last year, but I could be again I could be wrong. But Dallas is trying to challenge for that top spot in the NFC. Do I think they're better than the Eagles? No. But with what happened in the Eagles game, which we'll talk about, do I think Dallas can challenge the Eagles? Yeah. Now I do. I really do. Um, but again, we'll talk about that in a little bit. But all in all, great game. Dallas comes out on top again, 41-35. Game three of five this week was the Broncos. Denver Broncos traveling to the Houston Texans. And uh, so Tyler took the Broncos here, who were hot. So I don't blame them. It was, it was a tough, tough matchup. Texans, I took the Texans. Texans were favorited by three and a half. So Texans win 22-17. Yay, me. Yay, Texans. Texans are 7-5. and five. Whoa. If you told me Texans were going to be 7-5 and five at the beginning of the season, I straight up wouldn't have believed you, and I would have asked you why you're talking to me about football, but damn, is Houston impressing. Uh, C.J. Stroud, a little bit off this week, to be honest with you. 16 for 27, 274 with the tud. Also took five sacks. Again, we just talked about it with Dak. That's just too many. You know, you got to get, and that's part of being a young quarterback, obviously, the rook. You got to get rid of that rock, man. Get outside the pocket, get rid of it. Just, I mean, at least he only took 28 yards out of the five sacks. So I don't know what that average is off the top. Just over five, probably 5.1 or something. I don't know. But uh, 5.6, wow, I'm sh again, my math. But anyway, I was at least got five right. So again, thanks to Kev doing quick math. Um, so 5.6 losing per sack. It's just too much, man, though. I mean, that's a drive killer. You lose five. If it's first and ten, you lose five. Now it's first and fifth or second and fifteen. If it's second and eight and you lose five, now it's third and whatever thirteen. Like that's just not. It's unacceptable. So you got to get the ball out, get rid of it. Still got the win though. But the help kind of came from Damian Pierce. Fifteen carries, forty-one yards with a tud. Only a two point seven average, but that tud was big and he always came up with the the tough yardage again the the third and twos the the short yarded sh situations he was coming up with those first downs so i know that stat line doesn't sound amazing cuz it's not um but it, but it matters it matters the big thing for houston this week nico freaking collins dude nine receptions 191 yards and a tud but i don't even on 12 targets but i mean None of that really matters. I mean, the dude was just open when it mattered, dude. 
I, every time CJ looked down the field, it was it was either Nico Collins or Brevin Jordan almost all game. And Brevin Jordan only had three receptions, but they were big every time because nobody covered the guy. Probably because he hasn't done too much this year, but he's not bad. He's not bad. Um, but he was wide open, <laughs> like every time. And half of Nico Collins' uh, plays, wide open. I, I don't understand. I think two of Nico Collins, what, how many touchdowns do he have? Only one. Okay, so the one touchdown, I thought he had two, but uh, one of the, his touchdown, wide open in the back of the end zone. I, I don't quite understand that at all. But I do want to start bringing up some defense finally. Uh, Will Anderson, what a game for him. Two sacks, one of them coming up clutch. Can't remember when that was. I have it in my notes here somewhere, but he did come up with a big play late, of course. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That was right at the... uh, Wow, no, I'm all over in my notes here. I apologize. But again, Will Anderson just coming up big and big time plays, and that's why he was drafted so high. Uh, that's what he did at Alabama. It's no, it's really no surprise what he's doing in the NFL. This is what we expected to see. Another guy doing it at a high level, Derek Stingley Jr. Another pick for him this week. Great pick, by the way. Um, I mean, kind of a bad throw, but he still made the play. Still made the play, and that's actually his third pick in three games. So this dude is playing at a very high level. I, I see a rook this year or last year. Let me look real quick. I thought it was this year. Nope, I'm wrong. Third round, uh, third overall pick last year. So finally coming into his own a little bit. Three in a row. That's pretty impressive. And I think Jimmy Ward also. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Stingley got two picks. Oh yeah. That's right. Stingley had that ridiculous pick as Denver's trying to drive towards the end of the game. He comes out of nowhere. Looks like Cortland Sutton's got another touchdown coming his way on like a home run ball. And Stingley just comes out of nowhere and just picks that shit. By the way, if you heard a, if you heard a noise in the background, that's just Duncan, the awesome golden retriever in the background, dropping his bone, just having a good time. He's enjoying the pod. Don't worry about it. But yeah, so Jimmy Ward also gets a pick in there. I believe he's safety for the for the Texans. But let's talk about Denver a little bit. Russell Wilson, man, that was that was it <laughs> wasn't good. Wasn't good. The only good thing Russ really did was the 10 carries with 44 yards, but that's mostly scrambling because he had to get the hell out of there before he got killed. And he also took three sacks this week. So with three picks, it just wasn't a good game for him. Um the one main highlight that I will say for Russell Wilson is his touchdown pass to uh, Cortland Sutton. Holy cow. Was that OG Russell Wilson? That, that was some Seattle Legion of Boom era Russell Wilson. That ball, it was a typical rainbow ball. Russell Wilson rainbow ball right to Cortland Sutton. Now, don't get me wrong. Sutton made a hell of a catch. You got an, another play you got to check out. I don't know if I got to come up with my top five plays. You got to go watch or something a week, but like... Another play, you just have to see it, man. What a, what a pitch and catch, to be honest with you. But other than that, there really wasn't a whole lot going on. Javante Williams had a decent day, 13 carries, 46 yards. No tuds, though. Just could, They couldn't get any momentum. Denver couldn't. They, they did nothing in the first half. The halftime score was 13-3 Houston, and those three points came at the end of the half for Denver, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it did. Came on a 34-yard field goal right at the half. Broncos looked horrible, dude. <laughs> horrible in that first half. And then came out, Russell Wilson throws that rainbow ball. I like to call it to Cortland Sutton right at right to make it 16-10, Houston, right back in the game. But then Wilson on the next drive goes ahead, throws a pick to uh, Derek Stingley. But then the next play, big play to Jerry Judy, leads him down to, like, I don't know, inside the 10 or whatever. Wilson quarterback sneaks it. Now you're 22-17. 
But unfortunately, that's where it would end up with, again, Russell Wilson. Um, you know, he's scrambling around on fourth and two with the game on the line. Gets the first. Now we're looking at third and goal with the clock winding down. We're under 10 seconds at this point. Wilson escapes a sack, another sack, and that's where he threw his pick to Jimmy Ward with about nine seconds left. Game over. Looking at this, though, Denver could still bounce back from this. Let's see who they got coming up on their schedule here. See if this pulls up for me. Here it is. Um, They're away at the Chargers and then away at the Lions. Now the Chargers... My second favorite team, thanks to LaDainian Tomlinson. But the Chargers are a dumpster fire right now, so that's a winnable game for the Broncos. I think they have to go into L.A. and win that game. They have to, because the next game they're probably not going to win, which is in Detroit. But then they play the Patriots and the Chargers again, and then at the Raiders. So really, actually, the Broncos could still sneak into the playoffs here as a wild card. So I guess I, I guess we'll just see how it plays out for them. But this this game ain't it for them. So they, they got to figure their shit out, to say the least. Te- let's just look at the Texans next five real quick. At the Jets, that's a win. At the Titans, that's probably a win. Against the Browns, I would imagine at this point that's a win, unless the Browns have Miles Garrett and they're just feeling themselves. But I don't see it. Um, at home against the Titans, that's probably a win. And then in Indy, that's a toss-up. Uh, I think Indy's still a decent team. Yeah, I mean, Texans definitely have a shot at the AFC wild card as well, if not winning the AFC South with Jacksonville's situation brewing. But, yeah, Texans again get the win, 22-17 at home. Rolling right into the fourth game here, the Detroit Lions travel to the New Orleans Saints. Both Tyler and I thought the Lions would win this game. They were four-and-a-half-point favorites, and they did. Lions win 33-28, but, man, was that a lot closer than I thought. I think Tyler and I both mentioned last week that we really thought they would handle the handle the Saints well. I mean, I, five points is a lot closer than I thought. They barely covered the spread. <laughs> but, honestly, I thought the Lions would win by at least two scores, but the Saints really battled back. Um So let's kind of dig into that a little more, because honestly, at the end of the first quarter, the Detroit Lions were up 21 to nothing. They were looking to run away with this thing. Laporta was looking ridiculous, and he continued it throughout the game. Of course, nine receptions, 140 yards with a tud, nine receptions on nine targets, mind you. He caught everything thrown his way, but he was also open half of those. Again, I don't understand. New Orleans was letting him do all these under underneath crossing routes and then they got him on a couple deep routes to Laporta. They just couldn't cover him. He was he he was uncoverable for that game. But, you know, his quarterback uh was a little off. Goff was a little off. 16 for 25, 213, two tuds. Um you know, he just he he just didn't look right to me. I don't know. He was feeling himself for sure in that first quarter. The whole offense was, the whole team was. Um, but then they came out flat in that second half. They really did. I mean, they come out, let's see, come out right away, first drive at the half, punt, you know. Um, now the next drive after that, Laporta's wide open, of course, for 49 yards, but then you kick a field goal. You got to capitalize on these big plays. You have to. Now the next drive, they did. Jamison Williams end around reverse for 20 yards, and then he Superman dives into the end zone. Boom, another play you got to check out. 
the Superman dive is worth it. Super badass. But Jameson Williams on the end around reverse for the tud. That was pretty crazy. Um, Jameer Gibbs with that big 36-yard run. David Montgomery finishing it off. One-two punch. You know, Detroit. Detroit looked the part. But that second half is scary. Again, being up 21-0 at the end of the first. Let's see, what was the halftime score? 24 to 7 Detroit at half. You can't you can't be winning that game 33 to 28, man. You 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 gotta keep your foot on the gas. I mean, I d I don't understand what happened to the defense per se. I think honestly, it's to me it's Alvin Kamara. He kind of just kept, I don't know, chipping away at that Lions defense. I know he only had 14 carries for 51 yards, but he also had six receptions for 58 yards. So over 100 yards total for him on the day. And he again, he just kept chipping away at him. You also had Taysom Hill back there. That that gadget player that Tyler and I have been talking about. 13 carries, 59 yards, and a tud. Um, there's also this weird play. Where is it here in my notes? I know I have this. There it is. Taysom Hill. This was in the third quarter, I believe. Um, this gets him to a first and goal. Taysom Hill is back there in the quarterback position. Um and then there's this big number 99 for the New Orleans Saints. I don't know who that is, but big old number 99 sitting back there in the backfield with Taysom Hill. And it almost looks like Taysom runs a read option with the guy. 99. Uh, how do you say his name? Kellen, Kellen Sanders. I'm, I'm saying it wrong. Kellen Sanders, maybe. I don't want to disrespect. I really don't. Does it say how what he weighs right there while you have that up? Or his his, what's his height? Uh, six. So he's six foot three twenty four. This dude is in the backfield. That's why it threw me off. I was like, holy shit! Talk about a goal line package. Reminds me of uh, Green Bay Packers B J Raji, like what ten years ago or whatever, which was pretty dope using him as a fullback. But even if Taysom pulls that ball, which he did, that dude's a great blocker for you. And then Taysom, you know, gets the first down, gets him to first and goal, and then Taysom Hill sneaks it in. For a tud, um, brings him within 24-21 at that point in the game. But again, we, we obviously know what happened the rest of the way. Um, we did see Derek Carr go out of the game for the Saints. He did go out with a concussion again. I don't know if it was last week. I don't think it was last week he went out with a concussion. It might have been two weeks ago. But now that's two concussions in a, in a pretty short period of time. Uh, I would imagine he's still in concussion protocol. We'll mention that later. But I think you got to be careful with him. And it's, it's not even about the football game you know what I mean it's it's more about the person you got to start taking care of people a little bit uh worst case Jameis Winston starts for you next week who came in and went two for five for 41 yards Jameis Winston stuff uh the Saints do travel to the Panthers so I would go ahead and let Jameis play that game straight up um now the Panthers have nothing to lose so they're probably going to come out playing hard, maybe. I don't really know. I Nobody really knows what's going on in Carolina right now. But I don't know, man. I would probably let Jameis start. Just be careful with Derek, man. Don't don't rush him back. He's already not having a great year. Uh, allegedly, when he came out for the game and was announced, you know, they probably announced. Uh, the Vikings do it where they announce the defense or the offense when you go to a game or whatever, not both. And I would imagine it's the same across the league. I don't know. So when Derek Carr got announced for the Saints on Sunday, allegedly, there was a lot of booing going on. So who do y'all want? I'm just curious, Saints fans. Who do you guys want quarterbacking your team? Are you okay with Jameis? Because if I'm in your shoes, I am. Why not? Why not? He almost led the Saints back 
to a win against the Vikes when he came in. Yeah, he threw threw one or two picks. I can't remember. I think he went two tuds and two picks. But, that, I mean, that's unfortunately what Jameis is going to give you. I just wish, God, he's just so much better than that. He really is, but whatever. Moving on, Chris Olave with five receptions for 119 yards. Uh, big day for him, as always, of course. Um, A.T. Perry, only the one catch. Yeah, it was for 30 yards. I'm pretty sure it was big, big first down. But you'd like to see a little more from him. Get 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 open, buddy. Got to get open. Uh, Jimmy Graham, one reception for six yards, but he got that tud. Good for you. Back in a New Orleans uniform. Had some stuff earlier in the year. Uh, good to see Jimmy Graham back in the end zone, though, to be honest with you. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's really that's really the game as a whole. Detroit just controlled it and ran away with it uh, and then almost lost it. So if I'm Detroit, I mean, look, look if you're looking at the quarter breakdown— Detroit scored 21 in the first, three in the second, three in the third, and six in the fourth. Dude, it's not how you start the game, it's how you finish, no matter what game it is, right? And they almost lost that shit. So if I'm if I'm Detroit, you got to keep that foot on the gas, man. Keep, stick to what's working. Stick to what's working. In that game, it was Laporta. And again, he came up big late in the game. So... Either way, Detroit with the win, 33-28. Let's see who Detroit has the next five, just real quick. We'll wrap this one up for you. Let's see. They travel to Chicago. That's a win. They play the Broncos at home. We kind of already touched on that. I think that's a win for Detroit. They play at Minnesota. (sighs) I want to skip that one. That could be a win. Yeah, you know what? I bet Detroit wins in Minnesota. And then they travel to Dallas. They will lose that game. Dak Prescott will walk on that defense, I think. And then they play the Vikings at home to end the season. And that's the one they'll lose to the Vikes. I think the Vikes will split it. But I think Detroit will win in Minnesota. And Minnesota will win in Detroit. I don't know. Gut feeling. Whatever. But, yeah. So, again, Detroit with the dub, 33-28. And move to 9-3. and New Orleans falls to 5-7. and And on to our last game. Game 5 of 5. Banner at the boys, game of the week. San Francisco 49ers traveling to Philly. And the halftime score, you'd thought, yeah, game of the week for sure. 14 to 6 at halftime. San Fran was up. But then you look at the final score. San Fran 42, Philly 19. San Fran absolutely destroyed Philly at home. Tyler picked the 49ers. I took the Eagles. 49ers were three-point favorites, but I figured. I don't know. It would be close. I figured the Eagles would have a chance. And, you know, we've been we've been talking about the Eagles a lot the past few weeks because they're one of the best in the league right now. And one of our main issues with the Eagles have been that they haven't played a complete game. They were saying it themselves. They haven't played a complete game. And now they got exposed this week. That's the issue. The Eagles now fall the 10 and 2 and 5 and 1 at home. Obviously, this past weekend being that one loss. They don't, they don't want to lose at home. Nobody does, but unacceptable. I mean, for Philly. Seriously, though, completely unacceptable. I mean, Jalen Hurts, 26 for 45, 298 for a tud. Not bad, but three sacks for 27 yards. That's unacceptable. Jalen Hurts, with as mobile as you are, you got to get that thing out of there. Now, don't get me wrong. The 49ers defense coming at you with who they are, maybe three sacks ain't bad, <laughs> you know? But there is no rushing game this week. For Philly, and I think that hurt them. I mean, there's way too many three and outs, or maybe get a first down and have to punt. Just way too much of that. DeAndre Swift, six carries for 13 yards. Are you shitting me? 
That's not going to win you a game. As a team, as a team, 18 carries for 46 yards. No. 2.6 as, as your average. One touchdown, that being Jalen Hurts on a tush push. Again. That it just that's that that's why they lost to me. They could I mean, don't get me wrong, their defense played like garbage, and we'll get to that. Um but their offense didn't do much because they had no running game. They had nothing. They kept trying to force the ball. You look look at Jalen Hurd's attempts, forty five attempts. And and you tried to run the ball only eighteen times? What are you doing? What are you doing? Now I will say with those 26 completions, A.J. Brown did have eight of those for 114 yards. He was open most of the game. Devontae Smith, uh, doing Devontae Smith stuff. Quick, short fella that's that's easy to lose in the defense. Other than that, not much going on for Philly offensively, seriously. They need to get that run game going. That was a big difference in this game. And then that Philly defense... You know, Philly's defense still picked up two sacks, but it just, uh, Brock Purdy threw all over him straight up. I mean, he really did. But again, I don't even want to talk about Philly's defense. They just weren't good enough. They weren't good enough this week, and they know that. But again, when you're going up against that three-headed monster, if you will, that San Fran possesses, maybe four-headed now, you can you can put Purdy in there. Debo feels like he can, you know, with Purdy in, they can win anything. Purdy went 19 for 27, 314 yards, four tuds. Uh, stellar day. Stellar day for Purdy. Debo Samuel showing again that, that Swiss Army Knife-like player that we were kind of touching on last week. Four receptions for 116 yards, two tuds. Also had three carries for 22 yards and another touchdown. So Debo with three overall touchdowns. I mean, he you just put the ball in his hands. Four receptions for 116 yards. And one of those plays actually was crazy yak yardage. Yak, again, for those that don't know, stands for yards after catch. Um, let's see. Well, there was the bubble screen at the end of the game that uh, put him up to 42. That was ridiculous. A short bubble screen. Kev, I know you don't watch football, but like the bubble screen, you got two receivers here. This one usually blocks for you, and this one goes negative yards to catch the ball, and then you just try to get upfield. Well, San Fran's entire offensive line came over here to block, and he was gone. I think it was, I think it went for forty yards. I mean, if you if you're a good defense, that screen should either be blown up and go for nothing, maybe a fumble, or you stop him for like five yards. San Francisco showed the perfect example on blocking on that play, and Debo showed that he can accelerate with the best of them. I mean, he's one of the fastest players in the league with the ball in his hands. Because I know somebody's going to be like, no, dude, he's not even top 10 or 15. and That's fine. I'm talking about with the ball in his hands. There's a difference between straight-line speed like Tyreek Hill, who's still fast with the ball in his hands. Don't get me wrong. But if you know what I mean, though, right, like it's different. It's different when the ball's in your hands. Now we look at Christian McCaffrey. He had 17 carries, 93 yards. Big surprise there. With a touchdown himself, uh, he had another three receptions for 40 yards as well. But look look at how Brock Purdy spread the ball around. Debo, four receptions. George Kittle, four receptions. One of the best tight ends in the league. Brandon Ayuk, five receptions. One of the most underrated players in the league because of everybody else on his team. Juwan Jennings, three receptions, 44 yards, and a tud himself. I mean, 
oh my God, Purdy was spreading the ball around. That defense was absolutely ridiculous and hungry. I just, you know, we had the incident with Greenlaw, and we'll get into that later too. He was ejected as well. But man, that Bosa, Chase Young, I love it. Chase Young put up nothing this week other than a quarterback hit, but he's still a threat. He was in the backfield almost every time. So a lot of what he did this week doesn't get measured by stats. You see it on film. So now whoever the heck plays San Francisco next week is going to be looking at the film like, damn, we still have to block Chase Young. And they go play Seattle at home. That'll actually be a good game. If Geno's on his money, I mean, 49ers will still win that. But if Geno's on his money, it'd be curious to see how the Seahawks do play against the 49ers. But anyway, there's really not a lot to say about this. There's really not. I think if you're Philadelphia, you are extremely concerned about the play of your defense. Seriously. And we again, we say it every week. Well, they'll, they'll just get better as they play more together and play more together. Well, that can't be the same shit every week. And now we're starting to see them get exposed, and it happened. So what do they need to do? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not in the NFL. But you're at the end of the day, you're still 10-2. You're still, I think they're still the number one seed in the NFC playoffs right now. You're still going to win your division, most likely. But you have a big game next week. You travel to Dallas. That is a big game. You have to win that game. I'm sorry. Actually, they play Dallas in, wait a minute, today's Wednesday. My bad. I'm, I'm totally blanking. They do play Dallas on Sunday. My bad. But, yeah, they travel to Dallas. That's going to be a tough game. And then at Seattle... Home against the Giants, home against the Cards, two easy wins, and then at the Giants. So they'll win at least three more games for sure, the Eagles will. But those next two games, those are big. That's going to show you kind of what you're what you're looking for at the playoffs for, for Philly. Um, they should be able to beat Seattle, but that Dallas game, I think that's big for them. It's big for Dallas, too. They're going to be coming hungry. I think Dallas is only, I know we already talked about them. I think they're 9-3 and three as well. So look out. I mean... We'll see. But all in all, Niners showing that they're probably the best. They don't have the best record in the NFC, but they're showing right now that they are probably the number one team in the NFC. Anyway, the 49ers win 42-19 against Philly at home. In Philly, my bad. (laughs) So that wraps up week 13 recap. Now, I know we've been telling you guys the last two weeks that we were going to have a record, like a standings, you know, between Tyler and I on who knows what the hell they're talking about and who doesn't um, for the season. But again, uh, since Tyler was sick this week, I did have to prepare to rip this by myself. So I did not have a chance to do it. I apologize. (laughs) So next week, I swear, I don't care if I'm doing it while I watch my Vikes play this weekend or what, but we will get you an overall standing so you know who to make fun of. But as far as this week goes, as far as week 13 goes, Tyler went three and two and I went two and three. So you know, I'm, I'm now I'm curious. I'm curious what the overall standings look like, but we'll have something for you next week. Don't worry. 911, what's your emergency? And here we go with some tent talk now, uh, starting with the injuries, as we always do. Jacksonville had a couple losses this week. Um, not only did they lose the game, they lost their starting quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, to a high ankle sprain. However, two days later, he was already walking without a boot on, So he is questionable for this week. Um, So maybe you see C.J. Beathard start. We don't know yet. So who knows? That could be a game-time decision. If I was Jacksonville, 
I'm playing the Browns this week, who are already kind of on that lower tier playoff team because of injuries as well. I don't know. I, I think I'd maybe let C.J. Beathard do it and just see what happens. If you know you can have Trevor Lawrence for sure the week after against the Ravens on, I think that's Sunday night football even. So you're, you're going to need him against the Ravens. So if you have a chance to just wait it out, just do it, I think. Unfortunately, which sucks because you really needed to win last week against the Bengals. You lost 34-31. Now you're at the Browns and then home against the Ravens. Thank God that's a home game, but... It's still not looking. It's still not good. Not not good. So they they need Trevor Lawrence back. We'll just see what happens. I don't think he'll play this week though. I really don't. From everything I'm seeing, I'd ex- I don't know if I could even say I'd expect him back against Baltimore. Let's say we hope to see him back against Baltimore. But another Jacksonville injury. I- injury. Wow. What did I say? Injury. <laughs> another Jacksonville injury. Christian Kirk, uh, receiver, obviously likely needs core muscle surgery. That blows um, for anybody. Six to eight weeks he could miss. So I guess we'll see what happens with that. But uh, if Jacksonville makes a deep playoff run, they are saying they do expect Kirk to potentially come back. But I guess I ha- that that determines that depends on what happens with Trevor Lawrence too. You know, so it's uh, who knows? Who knows? We could see Christian Kirk back this year. We might not. So unfortunately, core muscle surgery for him. Frank Ragnall, the center for the Lions. It's kind of iffy for Sunday, but he kind of got, quote, good news after his MRI. Um, Campbell said today, Dan Campbell, being Campbell, <laughs> said today he is doing good. However, today being Wednesday when we're recording this, which is what, December 7th, I think? No, 6th. Tomorrow's the day that lives in infamy. Um, he did not practice today, so that is kind of a downer, but I don't know. I guess we'll see more of a game-time decision for Frank Ragnow. Tank Dell, uh, having a decent year, man. Tank Dell having a decent year, but unfortunately that year is over. He has had successful ankle surgery, but his season is done. Not much else to say there. That is a loss for the Texans, but you did see Nico Collins step up and um, Braven Jordan, so that's a big that's a big deal for them. You need Damian Pierce to run the ball a little more, but I think you'll be all right. Next uh, next on our little injury list here, Puka, I can't remember if it's Nakua. I think it is Puka Nakua, um, AC joint sprain. Uh, but he is apparently supposed to play on Sunday. Limited practice today, but they expect him to play. So for all you fantasy people, um, it sounds like you can leave him in your lineup, but I guess that's on you. You know, if he goes out halfway through the game, I don't know what to tell you. You'll be down in the dumps like me in fantasy. I don't, I don't know, whatever. Um, Jerome Baker, linebacker for the Dolphins, MCL injury, sucks. Will not go to IR, though, so he's more of a week-to-week situation for the Dolphins. Um, they're hoping he gets back quicker than they think, but I, I don't know. We'll see. So the Dolphins brought in four players today to work out. I think it was today or yesterday um, to work out at the linebacker position. Uh, Reuben Foster was one of those players. So I'm curious if we'll see a Reuben Foster return to the NFL. Uh, He was brought in for a workout as well. He did just play in the USFL last year for, oh my God, I can't remember, the Pittsburgh Maulers, I think their team name is. But he was a former first-round pick out of Alabama in 2017. Confirmed Pittsburgh Maulers he played for. But yeah, former first-round pick out of Bama in 2017. I think he was a higher per Yeah, he said first-round. Jeez. 
but he was third in defensive rookie of the year voting that year. But then after that, not much else, man. He he had a good year his rookie year, and then after that, got into some off the field trouble, and ultimately was cut by San Francisco, I believe it was. I I believe Washington then picked him up, um, looking to you know maybe start a new. I don't know, new new life in the NFL maybe after all that off-the-field stuff. And then, boom, suffers an ACL tear in the offseason for Washington. Um, so he had that repaired, um, you know, got in shape, went to the USFL last year where he did record 53 tackles, half a sack, and he did score a defensive touchdown. So, I mean, 53 tackles isn't horrible. Um, I guess we'll see. Maybe he did enough to get a job. Maybe he didn't. Uh, I would assume that's just until Jerome Baker's back, and then maybe they'd try to waive him and then sign him to practice squad. I don't know. I'm, I'm an idiot when it comes to contract shit, but whatever. Jerome Baker, week to week. Derek Carr, obviously we talked about him already, still in that concussion protocol. He kind of also has a rib injury going on too, so he's he's on the mend, man. Derek Carr's a little rough right now. Jameis uh, uh, would probably start. If Derek Carr can't go, and again, I believe uh, I looked right. They play the Panthers this week, I believe. So if that's true, I would just start Jameis, man. Like, seriously, why not? Why not? Um, If you're the Saints, you don't really need to. You already paid Derek Carr all that money. The fans already hate him. (laughs) Allegedly, I wouldn't send him out there all injured and battered up. Let him go back out there 100%. Unfortunately, another quarterback to talk about, uh, Kenny Pickett. Pittsburgh Steelers. He's still yet to undergo ankle surgery. I don't know if he's had it yet today or what, but he will not be put on IR, even with ankle surgery. So the Steelers are kind of hoping he could be available for Week 18, but his is kind of like that four to six weeks too. So they are planning to not have Kenny Pickett for a month, um, which would mean most likely Mitch Trubisky gets to start again, which actually is pretty dope. I think Mitch Trubisky's not that bad of a quarterback. He's probably one of the best backups in the league. So he needs to take this opportunity to show the rest of the league what he's got. Maybe he could start for a lower-level team. I don't know, but I guess we'll see. We'll see what Mitch has. Um, and then most likely Mason Rudolph will be backing Mitch Trubisky up. Ugh. But <laughs> I don't know Mason personally, but he just does not seem like the human being I would hang out with. And then finally, to end the injury seg here um, in the tent talk, Christian Watson. Uh, he did kind of, if you watch the game, he did kind of take a knee. People thought maybe he was taking a knee um, to just stay in bounds, keep that clock running. But he did grab at that right hamstring, which if you remember was why he missed the first three games of the season was due to a right hamstring injury. And again, it looks like he has possibly re-aggravated that. So we don't quite know what his outlook is. There's not really a solid update out there. I don't even think the Packers know what's going on. I mean, the Packers have five games left like everybody else. It includes the Giants, uh, which is probably a win actually for the Packers. Tampa Bay, that could be a win. Panthers, that could be a win. The Vikes and the Bears. So I guess we'll just see, you know. The the Packers need need the rest of their receivers to really step up in the absence of Christian Watson. I mean, you'll see guys like Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Romeo Dobbs, they got they gotta they gotta step it up. They gotta step it up. And you saw that this week with Romeo Dobbs. So 
I, and I think you will see that with Jaden Reed as well, especially if Christian Watson is down. I don't know. I think they'll be okay without him. As we've discussed again, he's not a true number one, but you want him on the field. So uh, with that, we move right into the kind of more of the news of the NFL. As everyone knows, obviously Joe Flacco got signed to the Cleveland Browns practice squad, but he was elevated and did start actually last week against the Los Angeles Rams. Um, yeah, he didn't look good. 23 for 44, 254, two tuds and a pick, but 19 points is abysmal. Uh, Amari Cooper, three receptions for 34 yards. That's your guy, man. So if he's getting 34 yards, nah. Nah, you have Elijah Moore there too, but it's just not not good enough. So unfortunately, Joe Flacco is back to the practice squad. And so a starting quarterback has yet to be named for the game against Jacksonville, um, which again, Jacksonville's probably starting a different quarterback too. So I would assume Cleveland will probably start P.J. Walker, and you're probably going to see P.J. versus C.J. Uh, on Sunday, but I, I don't know. I don't know. So I guess we'll see. Shaq Leonard. Finally signed with somebody. He signed with the Eagles, just as Tyler and I kind of talked about last week. Um, I guess it was more Tyler. I'm kind of stealing his thunder, I guess. But he said it was probably going to be the Eagles or the Cowboys. And actually, Jerry Jones came out with a thing today that just said, you know, what a unique time in the NFL this is. And everybody was like, oh, he's salty. He didn't sign Shaq Leonard. No, no. Uh, and I'm not a big Jerry Jones fan. I seen him for one time in real life when the Super Bowl was here, and that dude was tall as shit. Actually, so real quick tangent, my bad. And then I'll go back, I swear to God. But Jerry Jones has got to be like 6'3", six, 6'4", six, like tall dude. Walked into this hotel. I can't remember why I was there. But he walked into this hotel, and literally, dude, this dude's walking up to his hotel room, and all the Dallas cheerleaders followed him. I'm dead ass, dude. I, it was the wildest thing I've ever seen. He's six foot. No way. That's BS. Google's lying. Google's lying because that dude was tall. Now, I am 5'7", but that dude was tall, bro, and wearing, like, some cowboy boots and everything, dude, and dressing, like, all black, dude. He just looked like... A, he looked like business. Yeah, dude. And then he had, like, all the cheerleaders following him. It was just kind of funny. I was like, that was pretty wild. But anyway... So back on what he kind of said, he was just saying how it's a unique time. And by that, he means, like, it's crazy that you can just sign a player and they could play on Sunday because Dallas plays Philly on Sunday. So they'll probably, as hard as they were trying to get him to sign with them, now they're going to see him on the field on the other team on Sunday. So he's just saying how unique it is that a player can sign, get up to speed, and play on Sunday. Now I'm assuming it's a little bit easier for defense um, but NFL defenses are so complex, like way more than people think. So, uh, but anyway, Leonard signs a one-year deal with the Eagles, kind of for that playoff push, waiting for Zach Cunningham. We'll see what happens. If he's a depth player for them when Cunningham comes back, that's great for the Eagles. They need that. They need some veteranish leadership. I think he's still only 25, 26 years old, maybe. Uh, maybe he could be a little older than that, but again, uh, a little more veteran in that lot in that young defensive locker room, other than Slay, I guess. Uh, Adrian Amos, real quick, uh, not really worth mentioning too much, but he does clear waivers. He's now a free agent, um, so if somebody needs a safety, I guess he's available. Uh, the Jets have released Tim Boyle after two starts, <laughs> so there's kind of some weird shit with with the Jets right now, and that kind of leads a little bit into the our quote unquote Rogers watch. Um, allegedly 
Rodgers had, and I wish Tyler was here because he'd be all over this shit right now. I know it. But, like, allegedly somebody in the building for the Jets kind of, I don't know if they leaked the conversation for Rodgers, more or less twisted the what Rodgers said to whoever, right? Rodgers doesn't know. Somebody leaked this shit. But basically... allegedly Rodgers told somebody that Wilson doesn't really want to start for the Jets or play right now because, you know, the Jets are horrible. So he doesn't really want to get injured, doesn't want to get smacked around. Um, And who does, right? So I don't know. I think that's, I don't know. Rodgers came out pissed on the, I think it was the Pat McAfee McAfee show. Um, I don't know. I I, I honestly got to look at that more. It's kind of interesting. Maybe we'll talk about it more next week, but... As far as we know, Tim Boyle is released, and as of, like, this morning, I think uh, Wilson is going to be starting for the Jets this weekend. So, I don't know, maybe a bunch of crap, but the Jets did sign Brett Ripon or whatever off Seattle's practice squad. That's not the move. So, if you are friends with Zach Wilson, I would just start that dude, please, because if you're if you're the Jets, because Brett, old Brett Ripon ain't, ain't it. And as far as Rodgers' watch goes, I mean, really... Nothing really came out this week, as far as I'm aware, other than kind of the weird New York Jets internal BS. Um, and again, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit more in depth. But as far as we know, he's still kind of eyeing up that Christmas Eve um, projection if the Jets are still in playoff contention, which, I mean, <laughs> at the moment, they probably won't be. They play Houston this week. That's probably an L, unfortunately, for the Jets. And to think that they were just a quarterback away, to be honest. And now they're sitting at 4-8, probably going to be 4-9 after this weekend, which would be 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 L's in a row. And then they play the Dolphins after that in Miami. That's probably an L2. So, unfortunately, the Jets, I don't think we'll see Rodgers this season, to be honest with you. Um, Because, yeah, if they're not in playoff contention, why? Why? But now, does this start a new Rodgers watch? A Rodgers watch of... You got to trade me now because that was some BS that you leaked my freaking conversation within the organization. So I don't know. Maybe that's something new to watch now. But that's pretty much it for Tent Talk this week. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we have no injuries next week because that's never a fun part of the game. Genius. Yo, welcome back again. Uh, It's still me. You're still stuck with me Um, for Bonehead of the Week, though. So that's fun. Um, allegedly one of Tyler's favorite segs, so that's great. But also joining me is the guy that I kept referring to all freaking episode, looking shit up for me real quick, Kev. What's up, everybody? How we doing? So Kev doesn't really watch football. He did this weekend, though. You watched the Packer game. I did. I, I'm from Wisconsin, born and raised, so I'm just like, by association, a Packers fan. But I don't watch every game every <laughs> week. Also living in Minnesota, they're not always on. <laughs> and I'm not as diehard as you guys paying for like NFL Red Zone and crazy shit like that, so... Uh, I'm definitely not going to be putting money into that. But if it's on, it's on. And I happen to catch this game. I guess I can't blame you too much because guilty by association is part of the law, too. So, like, whatever. Like, if you really <laughs> want to, like, watch the pack, I guess that's what you go pack, go. Hey, I'm, I I have a Rogers jersey, but I've also oh had my that. God. For, I've had it for five years and I've worn it two times in my life. Kev. Granted, it was to the office, but I got a lot of hate for that at the, at the corporate No, office, shit. So. Yeah, good. Good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure. But. It's, yeah. N- no pack no is what we like to say in Minnesota. But anyway, so um, weird week this week for Bonehead. So we had three players kind of break out of their, sh- you know, I mean, you're kind of, you know, when you're a professional athlete, you're kind of, you're critiqued on everything. 
everything on the field, off the field. Doesn't matter if it's football, baseball, hockey. Uh, right out of the spotlight. For what everything. am I? What am I missing? The basketball court. Yeah. Thank you for the four major sports. But like, yeah. you're critiqued on everything. So this week we're going to talk about three players that decided their fists were part of the game. We'll we'll start with the least controversial and kind of work our way up from there because it gets into really interesting. So. Oop, sorry, you probably just heard the click of my pen there. But uh, So the first one is kind of the game that you actually watched, right? So Pacheco, yeah. I think it was right after he fumbled the ball, if I'm not mistaken. And so he fumbles the ball and then gets up. And I'm sure, you know, they didn't. Kansas City didn't expect to lose that game. So I'm sure he's frustrated. The whole team was pissed. It was clear that there was some aggression happening throughout that game from my, my take on it. The team wasn't happy of how the game was playing out. So, they were trying. Right, right, right. So your main sport that you watch is hockey. You got it. Where it's totally allowed to punch somebody in the face, but you're going to get it back. Yep. Um, not just and do it's once. legal. But mm-hmm. as far as like staying, even in the heat of the game, right? You're frustrated. You're losing the game. You obviously want to win the game. You're, but like in the heat of the game, you still got to stay under control of yourself. Absolutely. So what do you what do you think of that? Just witnessing it, you know, you don't really watch football. Obviously, you know, punching people in the face or rather the helmet and hurting your hand probably, most likely. But, like, you know that's not part of the game. What, what do you think, like, seeing that? It fits in this segment 100,000 friggin' percent. Bonehead move of the week. The, I watched the play over and over again. They talked about it. They had it was so funny watching it live. They had to do four different like takes of it to actually see what happened because it was obviously behind the play. Right, he fumbled the right, ball. Right, it was after. Pissed. Yeah. Yep. So they're always every every camera goes to the guy running down the field. Yeah. Um, but to me, it was it was so dumb. Don't get me wrong. I'm a I'm a sucker for a battle. These guys were going at it. Right. Like they they weren't just like yeah. You like oh, your hockey fights. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I love someone getting punched in the face, but this was just a bonehead move. I thought it was really stupid. And of course, he gets booted out of the game and again i don't really watch football very often but uh, pretty confident he's their number one running back you, you can't have him oh leave, yeah for right? sure no you sorry sorry i was just, blanking for a second yeah. yeah yeah for sure you, you need him, him in the game you can't have him just get booted and yeah. he just happily trotted off the field like oh we're getting our you know we're not getting our asses kicked but like we're losing i could possibly be helpful in this game i'm gonna punch someone in the fucking face and be done with it for the game like stupid move really really dumb um, I get there's heat of battle, heat of the moment. I understand that. But where is the self-control? You mentioned these athletes are top tier. They're always being viewed and in, in under a microscope or under like the spotlight in every aspect of their life. Punch someone in the face, you're going to get called for that. It's just stupid play. Just a stupid freaking play that I, I don't think it cost his team the game, but he was a pivotal point. He was a pivotal player on their team. They could have certainly have used him. No, I like everything you said. I don't, again, right, right, like you said, it probably didn't cost him the game, but he's a main player. Like, you got to have him on the field. So it's yep. just a bad move. It's a bad move all the way around. So the next bonehead move is the exact same BS. And then guess what? The one after that is the exact same BS. So like the UFC this past week. Dude, seriously. So the second one, which is slightly more controversial. Um, Brian Burns of the Panthers. He was ejected. Yeah, excuse me. Wow. Sorry. It's the end of the pod, man. I'm, I'm tired. Um, all this talking by myself. Anyway, he was ejected for punching uh, the Bucks guard Cody Mock, Mac, whatever, in the head. He ended up saying, uh, quote, so yeah, the emotions got the best of me. Okay. Boom, right there. That it kind of explains the situation. You know, he let the emotions get the best of him. He let the emotions control him in that moment. Um, you gotta I, have control. You do, and I do believe that this player Burns here, Brian Burns, I'm talking about. Uh, I believe that's his first ejection ever. So 
you know, out of character for him, but he did say, uh, you know, obviously the media kept pestering him, right? Like, was it a racist thing? Did he say something wild, you know, like, sure. and they, but they kept pestering him and he oh. kept giving the same answer, like, quote, he said something he shouldn't have said. So who knows? Oh. Everybody's going to speculate that, right? So the media um, does, right? They get a, they get an inch. They're going for the mile. I get and, it. And that's what they're doing. But guess yep. what? He's giving you an answer. Accept that answer and move the F on if you're the media. Like, yep. you know, like, yep. I hope Brian Burns, the next time, if he's asked about this incident next week, which now you're a week removed, if he's asked about this incident next week, I kind of hope he's just like, pulls the Marshawn Lynch on him. He's like, I'm, I, hey, I'm just here so I don't get fined. Because that's part yep. of their contract. They have to deal with media and blah, blah, blah. I've seen those interviews. It's pretty funny. So, uh, like, <laughs> I, I, and you know, I, I'd i get sick of, at you know, being asked that over and over and over again. Um, but people just wanted to know what was said to cause you to act out of emotion. But all in all, like, he made a mistake. He owned up to it. He's sorry for it. But if there was something said, like... That's the thing. You never know. Because I watched this. I just watched it right now live again. I watched the highlight of it before, and I watched it again just now. He decked this guy. Like, the play was over. He wasn't really even near him. I don't know if the what he said was directed at him or at somebody else or just, like, said, like, in the, the scrum, if you will, of the ref trying to pull everybody out. But he cracked this guy. So And he punched him in the third quarter, if I'm not mistaken, okay. right after, like, a field goal attempt or whatever. I think it's the third. Is it the third there? Yeah, yeah third, third quarter, quarter. four so, minutes to go. So he go. he said allegedly, he said allegedly that the, somebody he didn't say Cody for sure. I'd assume it was this Cody guy because he's the one that got punched. <laughs> but like he said that he said something in the first half. So this dude, it was festering. Got it. So it must be something enough that it kept replaying over and over in his head. And he snapped right. Again, gotta stay under control. But to what to what point though? If this dude is coming at you, I, I don't want to talk politics or race on the show. But if he's coming at you in that sense, that's unacceptable. Agreed. Now to that point, then would the referees ever step in? Because they're all in the huddle. They better the scrum here, right? I would assume there's a, there's a policy in some. I mean, everybody's player's helmet says "stop the hate" and stuff like that. So you'd assume that if something like that was said, that the referees would either make an adjustment or you know make take action and fix that or let the players handle it themselves like a hockey game in this case either it was said in the first half nobody heard it and just this guy did or it was said before everybody heard it nothing was done and he's like screw it, i'm taking manage into my own hands and then if that's the case i don't blame this guy for cracking the dude in the shit but again we'll never know unless someone's mic'd up and the audio gets leaked like the rogers thing so you never know so again like the controversy continues we yeah. won't know and we all we have is what he said Quote, again, we'll yep. leave it with this. Quote, yep. he said something he shouldn't have said. We're very interested well, to see what happens. Yeah. Anyway, Panthers ended up losing that game 21-8. to 8. So, again, was he frustrated about the game? Eh, maybe not because they are only a one-win team this year. Well, it's also five minutes left in the third quarter. There's still a lot of football left. But, again, it's the fact that it was said in, in the, the first, first half. half. So, like, he was thinking about it. Like, dude, this is just, like, something. There's something there. Something he did. Mr. Cody here said something that's unacceptable. Yeah, I wonder, has he publicly commented about uh, what was said? Cody? Has, yeah. I, I don't know. That's a good question. Let's see Let's see if he did come out and say anything. Because, uh, I mean, if, if it was known that he cracked him in his shit for a reason, and it's like, well, hey, dude, you said something in the first half. What did you say? I mean, it, to, you know, to his point, if he's, you know, the one that said something, he's probably not going to be obviously like crazy racist and be like, yep, I said X, Y, and Z. So this is allegedly what, what Cody said. He was Ooh. asked if he's ever been involved in a situation like that and allegedly explained his side of the story. Uh, let's see. This is from 
What's the source on uh, this? Yeah, that's what I mean. I want to cite my source, you know what I'm yeah. saying? This is from All Panthers FN, so it must be a Panthers By a fan. fan page. So yeah. I don't know, but let's see here. Uh, this was... This quote was taken from a video posted by, I don't know her name, Aline Hinatuk. I'm not even going to say her last name. I don't want to mess it up. But it's the NBC, the Tampa affiliate. So this quote was taken from their NBC's video, allegedly, on the Panther, this Panther fan page. So we can take take this how we, whatever. Yep, Taylor Grain is solid. (laughs) So quote. coming from us direct. So quote. Cody says, nothing like that, no. I mean, you talk a little bit to each other, but no, nothing like that. I assume they probably asked him if it was some sort of racial remark or whatever. Yep. That was a new experience, but it was fun. I liked it. He had been talking a bunch, which it happens, and you're kind of in a, in the pile, and you don't know what's going on to hap- going to happen. So you try to push him out of the pile a little bit, and I guess I was just a guy he retaliated against. So was that the case in the video you saw? Were they kind of getting up off the pile? No. Yeah. Yeah. No. Not, I, I think it's. I think it's more. I, I think it's more targeted. Like Burns yeah. knew what he was doing. So this yeah. is what Burns said in this same article. He said, "Burns says I want to apologize to my team, my family, for conducting myself that way. Never been ejected from a game, especially for doing something like that. Emotions got the best of me. One of, one of the." Uh, Oh, dude, no. He came right up to him. He he looked for him. He, wasn't he, in he the knew pile. he was coming. Yeah. So, so anyway, he goes on to say, one of the offensive linemen said something in the beginning that he shouldn't have said to me and Marquez uh, Haynes Sr., and ever since then, I was pretty much on 10. So he was pissed. Okay. Uh, Makes sense. The next three-word sentence, I was mad. Okay, I should have kept reading. <laughs> um, some events happened. We got scored on. The game wasn't going our way initially. It wasn't even my fight. I just got pushed. And I turned around and reacted. I take accountability. So maybe Cody didn't even push him. Maybe it was somebody else that touched him or whatever. Else. But it, it probably wasn't a push. It was probably more of like a, a touch or a barely of a shove. And like if he's already on 10, that was it. That so was like, like the last straw. You know, it's just the, the boiling point. Was it the straw that broke the camel's back is the expression, right? It's just the one little feather or whatever, the little tiny thing that just yeah. sets you over the edge. So yeah. looking at the video again, like I said, they're all kind of chilling outside of like the scrum, and he wasn't really involved in it. And it looks like he just came over and just straight cracked this dude. So who knows, man? Who knows what will happen? We'll see to your point if he gets asked about it again next week after the other guys. I hope not. Made just move on from it. They yeah. both seem like they're cool and want to move on from it. Just move on. But the media will be media. They may continue to pester this to see if there's something more there. No, no doubt. No doubt. So we'll see what happens next. So... Unfortunately, we do have one more to talk about, and this one is probably one that everybody has heard about. (sighs) Dre Greenlaw with the San Francisco 49ers. He, I believe he was the one to suplex (laughs) Devontae Smith into the turf, uh, to which most people were upset. Now, did he need to suplex him into the turf? No, no. Um, was he in bounds? For the most part, yes. So, mm, I don't know. It could be unnecessary roughness, but that's it, right? Everybody gets up, you get 15 yards, that's it. Well, according to Mr. Big Dom, they call him, DeSandro, <laughs> I believe he is the Eagles' like head of security on the sideline, something like that. Um, basically, he's a he's a part of their, I don't, I don't want to say coaching staff, but part of the Philadelphia Eagles staff in sure. general. Someone on the line. Somebody on the line. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. So 
so he was there, and you're watching it now. Have you seen this one yet? This first no, time you seen it. No, I haven't it? seen this one. I saw the last, the first one. I was seeing the first game, and then the last one I saw it in a highlight video earlier. So the video you're watching now, does it show the hit that Greenlaw puts on the player, no, which is Devonte Smith before? Okay, let me go back and find that video real fast. Continue on. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. So basically, Greenlaw suplexes him. I'm pretty sure it's Greenlaw, and then. Oh yeah, right here. Okay, yeah, he definitely gave him a little uh, extra WWE move there for sure. He definitely throws him on on the ground there. People kind of the players shove, and now yep. Dom comes uh, up out of nowhere. Now that was dumb personally for him to get involved in that. Hundred percent, and there's rules against that. There is, you know, okay. you you you're a non-player. You shouldn't be touching right. other players, especially of the other team. I'm sure it's okay to like touch your players, not punch them in the face, <laughs> but like, you yeah. know, or push them or whatever. Like help them get up. If but help, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm that's sure, different. I'm sure that's cool. Right. Sure. Now let's, let's look at it from the beginning. I know this is going a bit long, but it's worth it though. It's, it's, it's just interesting that yeah. three of them happened this week. That's why it's the bonehead move of the week for all three guys. But yep. so look at the play as a whole, Dre Greenlaw suplexes him or whatever yep. gets up. And then him and Devonte Smith are kind of going at it. Now, Big Dom comes in out of nowhere and pushes Greenlaw back. Well, Greenlaw freaks out about the push, which is barely a shove. He does shove him. He does. Yeah. But it's barely a shove. And now Greenlaw, eh, quote unquote, punches him, right? It's not really a punch either. And everybody's like, oh, he punched him. No, he didn't, dude. He 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 punched him, but it more or less like. Kind of grazed was, the side of his face. And it wasn't hard, and... right? Like, no. He stuck his arm out completely straight. Yeah. But like. It was more or less like he like rubbed his nose and his cheek. You know what I mean? Like it was a very it, brisk like right he, there. You just so saw he. It. So it, to your, to that point, he barely made contact. It depends on your version of a punch. If you're talking the Burns punch from a minute ago, that's a fucking punch. Which probably hurt his hand more than the player because he, he punched him in the helmet. face in his face mask. <laughs> he has a glove on, but he no USB gloves. But I guarantee but. you, Greenlaw could have kicked. Big Dom's ass if he needed to. You sure, know what I mean? Sure. He, I feel like he held back on that. So well, his arm was fully extended. So no, I wonder what would have sure. happened had he had better aim. For sure. Also, is he not to get into like fighting tactics? Is he a left hand or right hand dominant person? Is he just <laughs> throwing whatever sure. he can? Like, because you know, to the credit of the of what actual contact was made, he grazed his nose like his like the front of his knuckles, and then like kind of barely made contact with like the right side of the dude's cheek. So like there was contact made on. Dis- unnecessary uncalled uncalled for whatever you want to say but in the act of like saying you got punched in the face yeah and i mean at this point in the game the game was pretty out of hand at this point anyway like philly's gonna be frustrated in general but like greenlaw deserves to get ejected which happened yes you just punched a non-player personnel on their sideline you cannot do that you're ejected bye they ejected Dom as well, DeSandro or whatever. I don't know how to say his name. Big Dom, right? Big the, Dom. The yeah, I'm just gonna keep calling him Big Dom. No, 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 no. Head of security. Oh, that's uh, yeah, yeah, my, yeah, my yeah, apologies. yeah. Yeah, yeah, But if you saw Philadelphia's head coach Nick Serini or whatever, he comes up to you. Don't see Nick touch a single San Francisco player. He's kind of in the scrum too on the outside looking in, but he doesn't touch nobody. He knows. Yeah, he's probably pulling his guys back or just like saying, like, don't be stupid. Get the heck back. Pretty here. much. Like, I, I would think so. Yeah. So anyway, so big Dom. I, I just like saying it like that. Um <laughs> He's a big guy though. He, like, oh, dude, tall. he's a big dude. Yeah, yeah, tall. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he gets ejected, much to Philly fans' delight, though. That's the annoying part. They were cheering, they were going nuts, which 
Am I, if I'm a Philly fan and I'm lit, you know, having a good time at the game or getting killed, but that happens and your security guy gets ejected, okay, I'm trying to look at it from that point, like an entertainment point, like, oh yeah, hell yeah, like that'd be fun, but like, yeah. well, think about it from like the the like a hockey he's now, perspective. He's, he's like a local. He's Rocky now. He's a local yeah. hero to those people. Yeah. Well, think about it from like a hockey's perspective because like hockey is what I know. That'd be like the equivalent of like. The, the guy that hands you a stick when you broke your stick, if he comes over and yanks somebody off the pile that happens on the bench and you're just getting your ass. It'd probably be crazy, right? Be cool. As a fan, you'd be like, Whoa! That'd be lit. You, you know? never see them get involved. But no. to your point, he shouldn't have been involved. That's a bonehead move. No, bonehead move. So both ejected. Greenlaw ended up getting a 15-yard unnecessary roughness. Here's the funny part, really Uh-oh. quick, to wrap this all up. So... They, they review the play, right, to determine ejection at that point. Like, sure. whoa, there's a punch thrown. Now we have to review it. Now, whether that's the refs on the field or New York or whoever the F is doing it, right? Um, but after the players reviewed, according to, I think this is Rule 19. Ooh. I don't know how many effing rules there are. Whatever. Fact check me. That's fine. But um, Rule 19 or something I wrote in my notes. I don't <laughs> even know. But it, it says a non-player can't be given a flag post play so if they review a, a, a call right they can still give a player a flag after reviewing which really? is which is also bs by the way but but you know if it's something serious whatever like targeting i'm sure that's that's how targeting comes up is after the review right you're protecting you, you can see it live but whatever All right, we're going on tangent but um uh they can flag a non-player so they can flag mr big dom in real time that's after. legal, but they can't do it after, right? Did they do it after? No, they didn't. Okay. And that, and that's the problem that some San Francisco fans are having. Now they won the game and blah, blah, blah. But they're like, we got an ejection and we got a 15-yard penalty. Where's their 15-yard bench penalty or whatever it may be, 10-yard yeah. penalty? I can't remember what it is. Should have been but where's something. their penalty? Where's the, Where's their side of it? Yeah. They just had their head of security ejected. That's it. So that's that's the big thing with that one that's kind of controversial. So I'm curious. Ooh, I'm curious if we'll end up. Uh, they're already saying there's like a new big dom rule going ah. it going into place about like non-player personnel on the sideline and penalties and all this crap. I haven't really looked too far into it yet, but like it's just interesting. It'll be you weird know? to see what happens in the future for that bonehead move. He didn't need to get involved. Like no. to your credit, though, if the other team's fans are pissed off that they got penal they got penalized versus the other team did not. When, like you said, rule 19 or whatever, whatever. It was, <laughs> yeah. can't can't do that. It yeah. should have been called in the moment, and they should have, in theory, probably been offset or whatever the difference was, a five-yard delta, whatever it would have been. Um, it should have been called. So, I mean, granted, they won the game regardless, but in the event of being fair, I'm, then, in your point, they reviewed this over and over and over again. They looked sure, at it. So. No, they looked at it. Now we'll see going forward if Isaiah Pacheco, Brian Burns, Dre Greenlaw. We'll see if any of those guys get. I'm sure they're all getting fines um, because it's Woo-hoo. the no fun league NFL. Yeah. Um, but like, we'll see if they get suspended any games. I don't really see any of them suspension worthy. Maybe Brian Burns just because I was say that one because he seemed cracked. targeted to me. Like that seemed. Well, he admitted it was targeted. Quote unquote because premeditated. Said, you know what yeah. I mean? Like and like you said, he 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 uh, admitted it was to it. Yeah. You know. But like the Greenlaw one, ah, I could see maybe a game suspension because it's a non-player personnel. But then that dude better be suspended from the sideline for a game too. Big Dom. Well, that's the thing. It was a it was a retaliation thing because the Big Dom dude pushed the guy first. In and we're not okaying the retaliation of punching no. somebody in the face. Well, if you want to even call it a punch, we've already been over that. But like, 
little baby swipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. baby <laughs> swipe with a fist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't, I don't know. I just didn't. It all didn't in sit all, well, all but. in all, at the end of it, all three of them are boneheads. You gotta, you gotta keep your emotions in check, especially yeah. on the field, but off the field too. Mm-hmm. So like, you, you just gotta keep, keep your emotions in check. I agree. I agree. Thanks so much for having me on this little segment here, buddy. I appreciate it, dude. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> at least you're not the bonehead. Not yet. We'll see how the edit turns out. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and now for our week 14 slate. Thank God my Vikings are back this week, but ugh, they got to win. But anyway, let's just start off with the Packers like we always do, which I don't know why we always start with the Packers for recap and predictions. That's kind of BS, but anyway. Um, so Green Bay travels to the New York Giants this week. Um, Tyler picks that as a win for the Packers. Uh, Green Bay is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I will also take the Packers. I With the way the Packers' offense is going right now, um, I think that's a good cha- good win there. It's a Monday night game. Um, you know, Packers are technically the seventh seed in the playoffs right now. They have something to play for, and I think you'll see another dub this weekend. Moving on to the Vikes, my Vikes traveling to Vegas. I really actually wanted to go to that game low-key because flights to Vegas aren't that ridiculous. But, Kev, guess, guess how much tickets were for nosebleeds for that game in Vegas? $400. I couldn't believe it. I was like, even if I just, like, had a quick trip to, like, go out there and see the Vikes play in Vegas, I want to see their stadium. It looks super dope. But four hundred bucks for nosebleeds? No way, dude. So anyway, that's Vegas event pricing right there for you. No shit, no shit. So I want to see a Knights game there too, but that's another pod. But anyway, so uh, Tyler takes my Vikings, who are a three-point favorite this weekend. I will also be taking my Vikings, of course. Uh, Romeo Dobbs. Uh, wow, not Romeo Dobbs. My bad. Packers on the brain, unfortunately. Josh Jobs has been named the starter for the Vikings this week, despite his six turnovers the last two games. Um, but they changed the scheme up a little bit, so we'll see, uh, I guess, what what they really changed. If they're, they're allegedly playing the Dobbs strengths now, so I guess we'll see what KOC came up with. The next game is borderline game of the week. It's not for the banter, the boys' crew, but it's borderline. Um, We have the Buffalo Bills heading to Kansas City. Kansas City is only a a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Tyler's going with the Chiefs. I really want to go with the Chiefs. I I actually think Mahomes and company could win another Super Bowl this year, if I'm being quite honest with you. They're that good. Buffalo coming out of the bye, though, I think they're going to be ready to play. I think they know they're on the outside looking in, to be honest with you. Let's see. The Bills are actually the 11th seed right now in the AFC, so they got to climb four spots to even have a shot at the uh, at the playoffs right now with the Dolphins leading the AFC East by such a long shot. So they're right there in it, though. They're only a game back of the Colts for the 7th seed for a wild card. So I think Buffalo comes out strong. I'm picking Buffalo here. I know it's crazy in Kansas City, but with that Kansas City loss to Green Bay, that's concerning. But they do go back to their home crowd. Guess we'll see what happens. And then we have the Colts traveling to Cincinnati. Tyler taking the Colts here, and this is another interesting matchup. Cincinnati, uh, I'm sorry, the Colts are favorited by one and a half points. Um, Hmm. Tyler goes with Indy. I'm going to go with Cincinnati. I think Jake Browning is playing really well right now and actually kind of trying to keep those Bengals relevant. You know, they pulled off the dub last week, I believe. 
Um, so, yeah, I, I would say Jake Browning is just better than whoever the hell the Colts are sending out there right now, which I don't even know. I, I don't know. That'll be a good game. Good noon noon game. So if you're up early enough, watch that one. And then last but not least, Sunday night football, banner of the boys, game of the week. Talking about the freaking Eagles again. But the Eagles travel to Dallas. Um, Tyler takes the Eagles here. Dallas is a three and a half point favorite. And I think Dallas is going to win that game for sure and cover. I think Dallas is kind of hot right now. They look really good. Dak is Dak looked comfortable, man, on Sunday. He honestly, he just the way he carried himself, he was he was feeling himself late in the game. Um, the way he was kind of strutting around the pocket, if you dare say strut, um, when you're playing the game, but like he felt so comfortable, man. Like I, I, I don't see I think Dallas could actually for once be a contender this year and not just a pretender. Um, I think they're a little more than regular season. So I'm going with Dallas. So it looks like Tyler and I split on three games. Uh, I almost agreed with him on that Buffalo-Kansas City game, but fuck it, let's make it interesting. Disagree. So uh, as always, I know this is a lengthy one. If you're still here with me, I appreciate you. I know Tyler appreciates you. Kevin appreciates you coming on the show. Um, As always, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, do whatever you got to do. Yeah, till next time, this has been Smeltzy on Banner with the Boys. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe. Tune in next time for more banter with the boys.